Gird your loins. It's time to go on vacay. Welcome back to vacay. I am your host, Lisa Hamilton. Got a little PSA for you. Vacay will be going on a vacay for two weeks across the holiday period. I know we've only just started. We're up to episode five, but um, do not disturb because this bitch needs a little little time out. And I hope you guys can get a little time out as well. Go hang out with your family, friends, get drunk, argue, all that good stuff that happens around the end of the year. And as the name suggests, this podcast is all about vacay. So if you have the opportunity to get out and see a little bit of Australia, now is absolutely the time to do it. Be safe, you know, be smart, make make COVID smart choices. And I look forward to speaking to you all again in the new year. We'll be back on January the 6th with more incredible episodes. But for now to round out 2020, I got a good one for you today. It's all about a vacation having a lasting impression on you and how sometimes you just never go home from your holiday. You know, you know how that happens to everyone. Well, it actually does happen to some people. So I'm excited for you to hear this chat. All right. Thank you for your support this year. Thank you to that one person who gave me a one star on Apple Podcasts. You're keeping me humble. You're keeping me grounded. And I appreciate you. (laughs) Okay. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy holidays. Enjoy. All right. Today's guest. Where do I, where do I begin? She's a writer. She's She's pretty much the most brilliant wordsmith I've ever come across. She's she's like a walking dictionary, I would say. And she's also one half of twofold content. She's the brilliant Rosie Stevens. Welcome to Vacay. This is just about the most exciting thing that's happened to me all year. Well, it should be because... You're actually my first in-person guest oh. for Vacay. How do you feel about that? I mean, it feels amazing. We've got the festive lights in the background. Yeah. The dishwasher going. Truly. It's all t- happening. Your daughter is sleeping but meters away. So if we have to pause and run. Everyone knows why. That's what has to happen. Now, I want to thank you so much for joining me on VK. This is this is a little bit different to our catch-ups because, you know, we usually just dick around and laugh and eat. And eat platters. Eat platters yeah. is our main specialty. But the reason why I've asked you on today is because I want to dip into the idea of going on vacation, mm. falling in love with a place so much that you actually never go home Mm, which (laughs) which is exactly what you did because I mean I don't know if any astute listeners out there can hear but you actually are British I am you're not from around these parts my very core I am British um but the accent is a little bit of a jumble these days I think yeah I forget that you're British yeah it's not until I speak to English people and they're like oh my god you're so Australian that I really realize how much it's sort of converged right and when did you when did you arrive in Australia how long have you been here I have been here for six 
six and a half. No, that's a complete lie. <laughs> <laughs> I've been here for eight years next May. Wow. Yeah, so seven and just over seven and a half years. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're truly a local now. Oh, I am. Yeah. So what what led you here on your travels? Well, look. So my sister, my beloved twin sister, the other the other half of twofold, twofold. content. Mm-hmm. If I could just mention that. <laughs> Um, just a little name drop. Little name drop. <laughs> and our and our very best friend Beth, we all decided to go for a, just a casual six month trip. You know, doing the backpacker thing, the, the classic thing. Yeah, you save up yeah. all of your money. Yeah, you buy elephant pants in Thailand. You go to temples. <laughs> you basically just drink buckets every night, mm. um, and you call it culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was the plan. We did our three months in Southeast Asia. And at the very end of that, of those three months, aforementioned twin sister had a bit of a calamity involving a moped, a passport, being held, the passport being held hostage by Mm. some really lovely Thai men who weren't intimidating at all. I feel like that's a rite of passage. I know so Mm. many people that have had a moped accident, there's been a a passport snafu, And then what ensues? Uh, well, what ensues is obviously being the sister that I am. We, I mean, we were pretty much sharing finances on the trip anyway. And what happened was that we lost most of that money. And we were essentially paupers. Wait, are you saying like you had to bribe the authorities? Well, we didn't have to. They bribed us. What do you mean? Well, we were victims of the bribe. They charged us X amount of money in order to give the passport back. Wait, so you... Okay, so they took money from you. They took money from us. <gasps> yeah, they they literally, like... Wiped you the, clean. Yeah, out of house and home. Wait, so what did you do? Wait, why don't I know this story? <laughs> that's, what I said, that's what I was talking about when we mentioned the time, the time mishap. Oh, yeah, in, in, pre, in our pre-production in pre- meeting. Pre-prod. <laughs> I just nodded and went, oh, yep, yep, the moped story. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't the foggiest. Um... Yeah, so we lost all our money, most of our money. So we were at that point. It was, we were Which, can I just interject, like knowing, can. I mean, you girls are sensible oh, girls. We are square as they come. So I can't imagine how much this sort of rocked your world. Oh, yeah, I mean, there are no words. I have vivid, very visceral memories still of sitting on a beach in Thailand, FaceTiming our parents and just both of us having breakdowns about I mean I think it was like overarchingly for me it was that sense of being in trouble Mm -hmm. like I felt like I'd done something wrong I felt like even though it was my sister I just felt like yeah that I was in trouble that I'd let people down and yeah we were essentially penniless and because we were at that three month trip so we'd done most of Southeast Asia and the plan was to do three months of like Australia and New Zealand and I think Fiji (laughs) Little little holiday in Fiji on the way home. Sure. Um, yeah. Isn't it funny how you go on this big first trip mm. and you think you're so grown oh. and you're so adult and you just oh. like I don't need my parents oh. and then as soon as shit hitteth the fan sure. and hit ring the ring fan hello and then yeah. I mean it must be. A very fulfilling moment for parents to know that they're still needed. needed. Yeah. Because that must be so 
I would imagine quite yeah. gut wrenching being like sending off your what. 19 uh, 20 oh, no, we were 21 I think. <laughs> you're like um we were 38 <laughs> at the time no but 21 is still yeah, young and you're sending really them young. off to asia to go I backpacking know. it's it and especially now being like having a child of my own i think it really has put into perspective for me how how actually terrifying that would be i think regardless of the age of your child mm. um yeah, just sending them off and just knowing that you're not going to be in contact every day. You're probably going to hear from them, you know, whenever there's Wi-Fi, which to be fair is most places these days. Yeah. But, but I mean, looking back on things that I did on my first well, overseas holidays, thing, I I shudder mm. at the thought of what my children will oh, do if they are, if they carry any sort of DNA of mine, yeah. they'll be nightmares yeah. on tour. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't agree more. I think that's the terrifying part, isn't it? Yeah. But so you the bribing happened. The, bri- the big bribe occurred. We were at that end of the three months. So it was essentially came down to a choice between cutting our losses, just going home, like not, not coming to Australia, not going to New Zealand or trading, um, swapping our tourist visa for Australia for a working holiday visa, trying to earn some money in Australia when we first got here and then the plan was to continue, you know, work for two months or whatever, Mm -hmm. three months and then just carry on with the intended trip. I mean, you are so tenacious. It's like halfway through the trip, anyone would have just gone, let's go home. Like we've been through a lot here, but you thought, gonna get to work. Yeah. So you arrived in Australia and can you explain, because I know, I know a lot of Australians who have British friends understand the concept of the, the farm visa, but could you explain it to the people who, who maybe aren't across? Sure. So the premise of the working holiday visa is you get one year off the bat straight Mm -hmm. away. You can work for work for a year but you can only work with one employer for six months you do have the option to extend that one year to two years if you do three months or the equivalent of three months in terms of working days on like a rural placement Mm -hmm. in regional australia so i mean probably the most like popular way of doing it is fruit picking Mm -hmm. a lot of people go to far north queensland and do fruit picking because the the social side of it is it's the socials it's the you know it's the hostel culture Mm -hmm. and you're in you know if you're coming to australia you want to go somewhere you know in the tropics and a lot of people do and so where did you two choose to go so we wound up on a chicken farm in Bungendore. And, and pray tell, where is so Bungendore? So is probably, is in New South Wales, it's probably a 45-minute drive from Canberra. Right. Yeah. Inland. Right inland. Yeah. And so what happens when you are working on a chicken farm? What's... Well, I, I mean, I call it a chicken farm, but it was more, it was an egg farm. It was an organic, biodynamic egg farm. Okay. So, I mean... The chickens, they were ha- they were happy chickens, mm-hmm. which is nice to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just I being a lifelong vegetarian mm-hmm. until until the age of about twenty. Right, your whole family was vegetarian. Like family. that's the way you grew that's up. That's the way we grew up. Um, 
and I just had absolutely no concept of how awful chickens are as animals. <laughs> I mean, they... Were you like, why have I been not eating you for so long, oh, you little I, fuckers? I, I should have been killing you. And it put me off for about six months after the fact as well. I mean, they are really awful. They, <laughs> they sense weakness in the, in the... Is it a flock of chickens? Sure. Let's go with the flow. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll fact check that later. <laughs> of chickens. Um, they sense weakness and they literally peck them to death. Oh, are the chickens. Oh, the chickens. Sorry, I thought you were talking about the, the farm workers. <laughs> <laughs> they sense weakness. And we're like... And go for them. Yeah, no. <laughs> you lost a few good yeah. men that year. <laughs> so you would, every day, you would come across chickens who had fallen foul <gasps> to the flock. Whatever that's so brutal awful awful way to go Can you and imagine? and did you ever witness these scuffles and oh, like absolutely the, and you just had to crack on with work you had to crack on and awful. at the end of every shift so me and my sister for some reason someone trusted us to drive a ute <laughs> out to these chicken like paddock things and at the end of every shift we'd go have to go bypass the chicken graveyard and drop Drop the the dead, the fallen, the, fallen. the mighty have fallen. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I do remember a quote from your sister, or perhaps it was you. Um, you said to me, one of you said to me, the the smell mm. is something I'll never get out of my nostrils. Mm. Describe, still hot in there. Describe the smell if you don't on. mind. I, I going really, back there. It's like it's like the bin truck smell or bin juice bin juice but you can really get that real sense that real note of rotting flesh in there too Ooh, that's got me feeling a bit queasy Mm. and i grew up on a farm (laughs) (laughs) so you did the farm stay after you had done your one year or did you do that first arrived in the may and then i think at the end of january the following year is when we started because you have to like tick off a certain amount of days so to make sure we had before you at the end of your first year right we had to do that to make sure that we had enough time and so that first six or so months Mm. here you realized that you want to do this farm stay because at the end of the six months you could have gone you know what i'm not about this place i've had i've had my nice six months here but there was something about this place that made you go okay i'm gonna we're gonna do this farm work and stay on. So what what was it about oh. living here that made you go, I think I don't want to go home? Well, I mean, there was multiple factors involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we're from quite a small place in England and we'd kind of never really lived in sort of the big smoke if you like oh yeah yeah so that was just a real it was a real novelty like sydney's obviously beautiful the weather the beaches the the people i mean i should probably mention that yeah Yeah. they're okay (laughs) (laughs) um obviously i had met matt by then so i didn't really want to matt being your lovely australian partner partner. yeah (laughs) I met within about four months of arriving so that was you know it was and because I mean I guess I didn't really have anything to be going back to so it's sort of you know sort of yoloing a bit yeah you know? a bit of an adventure yeah absolutely 
And so you did your farm stay mm. and that bought you how much so extra time? that buys time? you an, an extra year. So you get two years altogether. Okay, awesome. Yeah. And you know, that would have been about the time that that we kind of fell in love as well. Oh, <laughs> I mean, talk about Matt as my love story. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to sort of like feed you <laughs> the line, but there's, there's a couple of people yeah. here that are worth staying for. Um, so when you kind of got roots in here you dug in and you're like okay Mm. this feels like the place that I want to stay I know that you you fell in love with it but I'm interested to know about if there were any culture shocks when you moved here because the only reason I say it is I on the other hand have lived in the UK Mm. for two and a bit years and for someone who's never traveled there before to the untrained eye you'd think it's gonna be like peas and carrots right it's gonna be exactly the same where we all speak the queen's english it's Mm. gonna be the exact same place Mm. and it's it couldn't be more different like unless you're moving to like swaziland or something like it's the the culture shock for me was very big and so I want to know on the other on the other foot if you came here and were there any isms that you were like oh okay I'm not I'm not home anymore this is far far away oh oh that's a good question yeah I mean I'm not sure I mean I completely agree with you in terms of you do presume that they're going to be much of a muchness Mm -hmm. and they're really not I think it's really hard to pinpoint exactly what it is um I mean my when my dad has been to visit it's it's really the lack of sandwich that gets him every time (laughs) um like Australia just aren't big on sandwiches really not in I mean, you go. I mean, you would know mm. Marks and Spencer's food court. Oh, Marks you and go Sparks. There, yeah, you go there for lunch. Mm. It's a sandwich. Yeah, lunch is a sandwich nine times out of ten. Yeah, I mean, now that you say that. Yeah. So I mean, the lack, the obviously the lack of sandwich hit me quite hard. Yeah. Um, so that was quite tough. Um, Gosh, I'm I'm so sorry no, that we couldn't <laughs> provide. It's fine. I think I'm, I'm, I'm used to it now. Yeah, you know, I've grown. I've um, yeah, really learned to incorporate other lunch options. <laughs> Just platters. That's <laughs> all we make. Um, oh, it's, a, ooh, it's a hard question. Well, we can circle back on we it. We might have to. I'm sure they'll all come to me later. Yeah, that's, that's okay. I won't hold it against you. Is there anything that you sort of saw in me uh, that you thought that was a shock to me? Hmm. No, because as I said at the top, I, I, I truly don't find you to be British, and I don't mean that in an offensive way. Because, mm. like, you know, your your past is your past, but like, you just seem to fit in mm. to this lifestyle Thanks. and this way of living, which is why I find your story so interesting. Because I think there is like and I'm gonna get quite like poetic here but I think within us some people aren't meant to live in the place where they were born yeah and I've always thought that about myself Mm. and Australia and I I found that when I went to the UK a, a different side of me came out and 
not to sound vapid, but it was even down to the way that I dressed. I felt I was authentically myself when I was living in the UK. And then for whatever reason, like visas, I had to move back here. And that's not to shit all over Australia and that I mm-hmm. don't love living here because I truly understand that the, the the value and the quality of life here is second to none. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of other people will get quite like patriotic about their countries and say the same thing about that. But I don't know. There's always been like a yearning mm-hmm. inside of me. And so I feel with you that your place has always been here yeah i that what you just said um about some people not like being meant to live and settle in the place that they grew up that really resonates because i don't think i was ever meant to be there really i think i was like i feel very at home here Mm. um and i don't think you get i don't think you'd get that unless you were really you know sort of destined for a place yeah and that's not to say that you hate the way that you grew up like I not at all I wouldn't change that for anything and I understand how privileged I am to have grown up where I did and it's not even escaping something and like you've got a horrible thing to escape but I don't know just there's something inside your head and your heart that just pulls you to another place and I remember the first instance that happened to me when I was in year 11 and I was studying Italian at school and me and all of my best friends all studied Italian and one of the the big thing like the great little things about studying Italian was we got to go on an Italian exchange at the end of year 11 and go and live with families for I think eight weeks across Christmas in Verona so in the north and have like white Christmas, oh, all I of that. About you either. I know we're learning. Oh. <laughs> um, and I remember being so enchanted mm. by that place, yeah. and I just fell in love with it. I it was it was so starkly different yeah. to the way that I had grown up on a farm in northern New South Wales. Yeah to go to this place like I was 16 we could drink we could go to clubs Are like legally allowed to drink no <laughs> that's why it was so fun yeah. I mean one year uh, a couple of years after us one girl went there and had to get her stomach pumped because oh. she drank so much so we were smart enough to to drink within so you know nothing got home to mum and dad but again this is why I panic so much about my future children because like 16 is so young and we were in like the full discotheca like t-shirt cannons like these slimy 40 year old Italian DJs like yeah and I was like getting fingered in the back of a car <laughs> by some Italian boy like I truly really getting the whole gamut of the fu- I, I fell in love with eight different Italian boys I, I, I over eight weeks I had like eight different romances like I my billet was a boy and at first I was scared of that because I grew up with only sisters mm. relatively isolated like on a farm and then I'm staying with this boy and like as soon as I got there straight off the bus I went back and he's like showing me it was it was a very eccentric character and he pulled out his like two foot bong and I was just like (laughs) oh my god where am I and then turns out his mum owned a bar and that night he took me to meet all of his very cute friends and I was just like I think I'm gonna be okay (laughs) 
Anyway, the point of my story is I was so enchanted by this place and I loved it. And, and I came back for year 12 and I truly had a difficult time yeah. like acclimatizing and, and focusing on my final year at school. Yeah. Arguably the most important <laughs> like said. in your schooling <laughs> career. And I couldn't yeah. or, or I just on hours on end would just listen to Italian music. Oh. And and this is so sad to say, but I would put on the in the main arena in Verona, like the main piazza, they have a twenty four hour webcam mm. and I would sit there for hours watching so the good. webcam because I was just like wow. I'd fallen in love with this yeah. place. But the, the, there is a point to my story. Please. You're like, I'm, I thought this podcast was about me. Uh, so the point is I then was like, all I want to do is get back to yeah. Verona and move there. That's where I have to live. I know that that's my calling. So I went to uni. I was like, I've got to study, get my degree in journalism so I can be a journalist there. And I continued learning Italian. I was like, I, I truly thought I was going to go back there. Midway through my studies, I booked a trip because I was like I I can't wait a minute longer I have to go back and visit all of my friends and it wasn't the same Mm, and it and it shattered my heart and I realized that it was a moment in time with all of my best friends coming of age getting fingered in a in a club (laughs) like it was the perfect storm and I could never recreate that and moving there wasn't going to recreate that and I had to just resign to the fact that it was a holiday in that moment yeah so my question is were you ever worried that you had like the rose-colored glasses about Australia and it actually was gonna the the charm was going to wear off and it really wasn't like the place for you and it was just in the holiday moment did you ever think about that no no Jesus talk about a real wind up for a question you're like wait sorry what's the question again are we in Italy (laughs) oh okay so no I'll give you a minute to collect yeah the short answer no I never really Mm. I've honestly never really questioned it I've never never ever had to sit down with myself and have a serious talk about whether or not this is what I want like it's always just been I've just kind of I guess I've sort of gone with the flow over the course of nearly eight years and I I honestly feel like this is home now yeah you know there's it's hard and I know what you mean about you know coming back from Italy and trying to recreate you know listening to the listening to the mm-hmm. music and stalking the webcam like there's definitely times of the year and I think Christmas is definitely one of them that I really I do get that set like that tug of homesickness mm-hmm. like sickness for the whole that England at Christmas is quite something yeah um but you know that it sort of ebbs and flows throughout the year like there's always going to be particular times of the year that I feel homesick and there's always going to be there's always going to be things I miss yes um but they've never I've never thought to myself am I doing the right thing yeah it's just new yeah what was it like when you because you visited home and it's kind of weird to say now that that's visiting going back there but what was it like going back there for the first time after you had moved here and and how long had it been since you've been back so it actually 
because obviously we were meant to be on a six month trip so and our very beloved grandmother was turning 90 in the December so we actually went back for that so that was what nine months after leaving right um and that was for about three or four weeks I think um but then we didn't go back again for about two and a half three years yeah I think about three years um and it's weird it really is weird like you can't help but notice how you've changed Mm -hmm. and how not saying that the people haven't changed but the place hasn't changed and you just you sort of feel this sort of a disconnect between how you thought it would have evolved in line with how you've changed Mm -hmm. um but it didn't and it is it, it does always strike me every time I go is how like making this choice to live here is signing myself up to a life of always always missing something like never feeling 100% at I feel at home and I know that I wouldn't feel at home in England anymore but that sense of never feeling absolutely 100% at home in either place I think is yeah is a huge um yeah like part of living away from home that has to be dealt with but you know yeah I feel like that's interesting you saying that that not much had changed which I I found to be quite a double-edged sword when I was living abroad (laughs) so so wanky to say (laughs) I've lived abroad um because it was the comfort knowing that things were the same but also what disgusted me in a way like it's weird hard to explain it's like the and I would when I came back here I was like you're all doing the same thing and I love that and there's comfort in that and I and that's what I yearn for but then I'm like it's it it felt very stagnant 100% not to be offensive but it's just like yeah 100% mm. you're so right the things that I miss and the things that I find such comfort in and the things that, you know, really indulge my love for nostalgia, they're the things that I miss, but they're also the things that drive me insane about mm-hmm. the place. That's why I couldn't live there. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Such a double-edged sword. What What are some um, really random, like, pedestrian things that you miss so much about the UK I mean obviously my parents house is you know that feeling of being in the home that I mean we didn't I didn't live there for my entire childhood but you know my teenage years that feeling of just complete comfort that all the curtains are drawn it's raining outside because it's always raining outside <laughs> in England um you know so you're about to have dinner it's just something just so so comforting in that Mm. there's something so comforting in the town that you lived in not changing at all you know there's Mm. still exactly the same shops there's still the co-op there's still the cottage life the bakery (laughs) like all those things that yeah they're they're so they're what makes it the place that it is and they're why I couldn't live there but they're absolutely the things that I love about it I remember the 
a, a super bizarre thing that I missed when I was living in the UK. And it's almost like, um, it's like a vignette and it's like, just so tells you how my brain works. But I missed walking into a, a bottle of a bottle shop because mm-hmm. they don't really exist right. in the UK. It's just all, in one. all the all the it's off all in license. The yeah. So I missed walking into a bottle on the Gold Coast and seeing a couple shoeless picking up a slab of beers. That's beautiful. And and that image. Mm. It's just so like shoeless and and Australia to yeah. me and I'm and I would see that couple all the time when I was in the depths of my homesickness because yeah. even though I love living there you just like you did you yearn for it yeah. and I don't know I don't know who this couple is but I just missed them some yeah yeah I completely understand and actually on the subject of culture shocks that's a big one isn't it mm. all of a sudden you have to go to a separate shop to yeah. get alcohol with like pretty strict hours about when you can yeah. buy alcohol the uk just go into yeah. tesco tesco express yeah jobs are good then. yeah pick yourself up a sandwich yeah. and a bottle of two pound wine exactly off you go yeah merry way uh, and also like okay when i moved back the accent was a funny thing for me because i I've got to be honest, I felt better than everyone else. I was like, I'm moving home mm. after two and a half years living in Europe. Mm. Okay, honey. <laughs> I've been to some museums. All right. real culture. And I had it in my head that I needed to be superior or I, I thought that I was superior. And I had a, a twang mm. of a British accent. And so it was a little bit like a couple of words here and there would be like here and there, there, like a full case of the Madonnas. And I would be lying if I didn't say I was like, I was pushing it a little bit. And I remember I got off the plane. Mum and I went to Woolies. Always have to go to Woolies. I'm like, I've literally just flown for three days and and we have to go to Woolies now. I'm the same with Yeah, got to pick something up from Woolies. I was like, okay, no worries. And... I was speaking with my British accent and mum was like, oh, okay, that's going to have to stop. <laughs> Got to go. Um, so whatever you're doing there, don't love that. Uh, you're back in Australia now. We're just going to get rid of that, please. And I was like, yeah, you're right. You're, you're right. <laughs> I've got to give it I've up. got to. What, like me, what, <laughs> yeah. what is that? Um, okay, so is there any risk of you moving anywhere else? I'm just kind of like asking for... <laughs> a friend because you um, seem to be the type that just sort of travels and then and stays somewhere i don't look i don't think so right I'm we've gonna, got you yeah on the record we've uh, got it here yeah, she's it. staying exactly i think so well that makes me really happy have, have you traveled anywhere since not that really. has made you no no n- not at all and i think i mean sydney is quite something isn't it like obviously it's got its really annoying parts Mm. but it's really hard to beat when you look at when you if you were to be doing a pros and cons list sydney's hard to beat you there are a few places i think that you could put up against sydney Mm -hmm. and sydney wouldn't come out on top yeah it's a pretty pretty special place to live it is and especially I know that you gravitate so much towards the water because that's just something that you... That's just 
Yeah, I mean, I've always lived by the water. Lived by the Not sea. quite the same in England. Mm-hmm. She's very pebbly, mm-hmm. the beach. She's very, very cold. I can probably count on two hands how many times I've gone ocean swimming, sea swimming. But isn't it just like terribly cold? Like terribly even... cold, yeah. Oh, good on you for yeah, dipping a toe you. in. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm here here to stay. Okay, good. Now, obviously, these are interesting times that we find ourselves in, um, even though here in Australia it seems to be a positive story for now. Mm. Um, So I I guess this is a two-pronged question. Hit me. You have travelled a fair bit in Australia, and actually dare say more than a lot of people actual Mm. australians which i always find quite interesting like australians will gladly go overseas before they'll explore australia i'm the same though my experience of europe is limited Mm. and yet australia i'm all over it so where where did you love traveling to in Australia, because I know that you um, you went out back, right? Or yeah, we did for just a. I mean, it was under a week, I think, and with a organised tour. Yeah, right. Dare I say it? Um, <laughs> and so it was. It was an interesting experience. It was. I'm so glad I've seen it. Yeah. Um, and I would definitely go back, but just do it differently this time. Right. And where in Australia that you haven't travelled to yet would you love to go I'm to? I'm desperate to go to Tasmania. Mm. We were meant to go this year, but COVID really put paid to that, mm-hmm. didn't it? Um, so, yeah, desperate to go to Tassie as and when. I think we can now, actually. Yeah, I think you can. Get those flights booked. Yeah, find the time. Yeah. And then when everything opens up, mm. where in the world? No, no expenses, just like just where would you love to travel to look it's cliche but i just want i want to go home i want to see my family i want to see my friends so much has changed since i've since i was there last i'm just yeah i want to go home i want to go to england i want to see everyone well hopefully that can happen yeah i hope so okay now comes the time where uh i let you shout out literally anything you want to Mm. um business endeavors what what do people need to know about rosie stevens do you mean beyond my quite like amazing instagram presence well would you like people to come and follow you there look it's the content's minimal (laughs) i'm think i'm probably a bit more of a lurker than a real poster that's fine um so i mean maybe i don't want to let people down you know (laughs) But it, I, you don't know. Feel free to not put the handle out there if you wanna. Are you are you open? I don't know actually. That's a good, are you I'm private? Very open. <laughs> um, are you that's a lot. That's a really great question. I wouldn't know. Okay, well I don't. Oh, I don't get requests for people to follow me, so I guess so people can just open. Come on over. Yeah. Well, I'll be tagging you in all of the promo right. stuff. So should people? Yeah. Um, want to come on over yeah. to Check see what's happening the, in Rosie yeah. Stevens' world. Which they will. <laughs> yeah, they absolutely will. And business-wise. Business-wise. Twofold content. What, what's happening there? Twofold content. Yeah, just, you know, plugging away. Not to be confused with twofold content. <laughs> when when Rosie... story? <laughs> when Rosie um, told me about this awesome um, new company she was starting with her sister... Um, 
she ran the name by me. And like I said, wordy wordsmith. And I read it and I was like, twofold because I'm dumb and I can't, <laughs> and I can't read properly. And she's like, yeah, that'd be twofold. Quite a, quite a well-known word. And I was like, hmm, well, there you go. <laughs> and I was like, I love it. So twofold or twofold <laughs> content, whichever way your mind <laughs> works. How can people... Well, Basically, what is the company and, and how can people find you? So we are a bit of a creative content agency. Mm-hmm. We're um, big in... I mean, I'm also um, a freelance writer, do lots of copywriting for businesses. Um, Twofold is, yeah, sort of an end-to-end content delivery service. And a very good a one. Very, very good very one. Very high end. Very chic. Very prestigious. And you get basically two of the same person for the price of one. You do. That's exactly what you get. Twins. Hence the premise, hence the name. Twofold. 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 And where can people find you guys so and contact you? Um, twofoldcontent.com.au. Lovely. Thanks. I think it's AU. Sure I think it is. I yeah. looked it up yesterday. It's a great website. Um, you guys have been doing some really great campaigns. Yes, we have. Um, so if you guys are in need of something in like market. in the market, hit them up. Um, oh. <laughs> well, right this is you. perfect timing. Just Rosie's little daughter has just woken up. So that feels like a really beautiful place yeah. thank you so much You're for talking so with me today i'm sorry if it was really boring i i had a wonderful I mean, I time i enjoyed it you know the really self-indulgent part of me really enjoyed it not sure if other people are gonna love it but i mean you and i can just chitter chatter yeah, on yeah. for hours it's a nice one for the archive and our friendship it, it is if yeah. anything it's self-serving yeah. for us to listen yeah. back on um and us. we managed to speak about fingering i love which that. we always knew was gonna happen yeah. when do we not come around <laughs> to fingering okay love you very much love you so thank much. you Bye. good night <laughs> it's daytime <laughs> Okay, goodbye. (laughs)